Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out here on the Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Mondays. We broadcast live from the Wendy Studios. Make sure to go get that peppermint frosty today. Don't forget when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. Joining us now uh, is friend of the show. You know him as our kind of our draft expert that we have on uh, from time to time. Jacob Morley joins us and always wanting to talk Green Bay Packers football. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley, staff writer for Packer Report. And 24-7 sports as well. Uh, I guess the Packers a little bit of a struggle for three quarters before figuring out a way to win the game in the fourth quarter. What changed, Jacob Morley? I think what changed is uh, number nine. Number nine's got to touch the ball. You know, you, you, you see the uh, uh, the explosiveness that he brings to this team and, and just what he, what he offers. And this is an offense that I think is has a lack of just playmaking ability um, at the skilled position spot, namely the wide receiver position outside of Christian Watson. And when he's touching the ball, this offense looks better. Um, I think you can look kind of at him and, and just say, hey, what's been better about this offense the last several weeks? And it's been the fact that he's been more involved. He's been touching the ball more. Uh, he seems like he's on the same page with the quarterback right now. And um, that's, a, that's a great thing. And that's very helpful. Um, so you look at that, I think also the offensive line play Sparky has been, you know, leaps and bounds better. Um, as far as this game goes though, you're right. They did struggle the first three quarters. Uh, offense was frustrating to watch once again. And, um, I think ultimately what it comes down to is the bears just kind of did what the bears do. Couldn't put them away. And the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the owner kind of made them pay for it. What about Christian Watson? Because you know he gets another touchdown, and now that uh, is combined eight touchdowns, four straight gates, tying him with Randy Moss and Bill Groman, who I don't know who that is, from 1960. For the most by a rookie uh, in that time frame. That was tweeted out by Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel earlier today. I don't like making the Randy Moss comparison because I remember watching Randy Moss his rookie year, and he was dominant. I watch Christian Watson. I, I don't necessarily think dominant in the same ways I think Randy Moss Watching Christian Watson, does somebody come come to mind for you right now? Uh, I think um, like a like a taller Deshaun Jackson is kind of. And the only reason I say that is because uh, Aaron Rodgers pointed that out in his presser last night when he talks about leaving Cal a year early and not getting to play with Deshaun Jackson. Um, obviously, you know, longtime Eagle, uh, big play, big play waiting to happen, kind of as well. Um, right now, I think 
you know, Watson is probably a little bit, he's a, he's a bit of a home run hitter and he's still kind of working through that inter- intermediate stuff, which I think is coming along nicely. Uh, but as far as who he reminds me of, just kind of his game and, you know, how the easy, easy speed that he has, I mean, he really does kind of remind me of a Deshaun Jackson type type guy where um, he really is, man. He's, he's a seven-yard touchdown waiting to happen. And, you know, I don't want to compare him to Randy Moss either because I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's not the same. It's, no. it's not. Christian Watson has been incredible, uh, so much fun to watch, but it's not like Randy Moss coming into the NFL, you know. Uh, but I do think it's interesting because during the draft process, and I think I've said this before even on this show, but I'll say it again. There is was a longtime FCS coach um, that coaches in the Missouri Valley Conference. He was kind of the anonymous guy. Um, but he talked about having to coach against Randy Moss and then having to coach against Christian Watson and just saying as far as being straight up you know, terrified to plan for someone, he has not been as scared of anyone at that level since Randy Moss. Um, so it is, it is interesting that they're doing some of the same numbers, at least now that they're in the NFL, um, albeit very different, just very different. But uh, the future is so, so bright for Christian Watson and Green Bay. Is he a true one, do you think, eventually at some point? Because Romeo's going to be coming back, I think, after the bye week. Rodgers said after the game, I think, that he might have tweaked something. Otherwise, he might have been able to play this week. So now you get the bye week. Romeo comes back. Torre is obviously still there. Don't know the future of Lazard with the Packers necessarily. But do you think Watson has the makings of a true one? Uh, he, he, got the, he got the wide receiver one treatment today from the Bears. Uh, their, their stud corner, Jalen Johnson, pretty much followed him around a, a large majority of the game. So Chicago definitely thinks he is. Uh, but that remains to be seen. It does. And I think he does need to get more consistent with his hands. He needs to get more consistent um, with kind of, like I said, the intermediate stuff, just the, the easy stuff, which is something I absolutely think he will. So to answer your question, yes, I think, I think he can be a wide receiver one. And, you know, Sparky, even if he isn't, the Packers might have hit it out of the park with both those receivers anyway. Right. You know, and, and that's kind of the thing, too, is if you don't have a true wide receiver one, then go have a bunch of high-level twos, and that kind of makes up for it. Um, but honestly, I think, I think Watson and, and Dubs could both be guys that are people that you can run a passing game through. And the fact that the Packers got potentially two of the better receivers in this year's draft class is, is nice. You know, because I know that was something that you and I had even talked about this offseason. Can Goody draft receivers? You know, his track record before this year wasn't great. Um, MVS was probably the best that he had drafted, and that's, you know, MVS is fine. He's, he's a useful player. He made plays for Kansas City yesterday in the Bengals game, yep. and, you know, that's, that's all fine and dandy. Um, but then you have other receivers like Jamon Moore, who is a huge bust. Uh, Amari Rogers this year. We don't even need to. We don't need to pile on that guy. Everyone knows what's happened with him, and so kind of. I think Goody has put that to bed, especially with this year's class. He went out and got, like I said, probably two of the best receivers that are going to come out of this class are on Green Bay's roster, and and that's not to say even you know Samari Toure for a seventh round right. draft pick. He's shown some. He's shown some nice stuff this year as well. So as far as you know, hitting on three receiver picks, they're all promising and. Uh, that's all you can ask for, for from these young guys. I don't think it was fair necessarily for any of us to kind of assume that they were going to be able to come in and be a wide receiver one type this season. Uh, Christian Watson's playing really close to that level right now, uh, but that's, you know, that's kind of how it goes with rookie receivers sometimes. 
they kind of they kind of sometimes have a, an uptick on the back eight or the back nine of these games now, and and we're kind of seeing that with Watson. Uh, so moving forward, we we shall see. But I do think he can be. I do think he can be a wide receiver one in time. Uh, there's there's absolutely nothing physically about him that is lacking. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the athletic ability. I think he's actually a very good route runner. Um, and the other thing, Sparky, that I think is really promising with him specifically is when you listen to this guy talk, he is, you know, he's a student of the game. He is, he's not someone out there that's just like, oh, I run fast, I catch ball. He's, he's talking about coverages. He's talking about what the coverage dictates and how he sees it and how he's trying to get on the same page with 12 about how he sees it. That's encouraging to me um, because that is, you want to talk about like what made Devontae so good. Obviously, Devontae is, is an extremely physically gifted receiver as well, but it was, it was between the ears. Devontae is probably, probably one of the smartest guys they had in that locker room with 12, and he's doing it right now in Las Vegas as well. Extremely intelligent football player. Um, so I think that's kind of where you separate yourself at the NFL level, and I think all the physical tools, all that stuff is great, but the, the IQ that I think Christian Watson is showing uh, is is really impressive. That first touchdown catch that he had, that that's a second reaction type uh, type route where he ran his route. He realized he, the corner had inside leverage. He's like I'm going to peel this thing off and I'm going to attack the I'm going to attack the right side of the field. Roger found him. He hit him. He attacked the football. I mean that's 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 nice. That's stuff you want to see yeah. from your young receiver. So um, I think yeah, I think he can absolutely be a wide receiver one, Sparky. Funny that you bring up IQ. That leads me to Jair Alexander. Let's talk about him for a second, shall we? <laughs> this quote today, yeah. uh, on Sunday from after the game blows my mind. So they Ryan Wood put this quote out on Twitter talking about the 49-yard catch he gave up to uh, Harry, the former Patriot. Quote from Jair Alexander, man, that was lucky. I was getting ready to pick that one, too. I was getting ready to pick it, but then he held the ball and he ran somewhere. And as he's running, I'm looking on the Jumbotron. I'm like, wow, he really just threw it. So I'm like, oh, snap. It was my first time ever seeing a ball get thrown on the Jumbotron while I'm running. It was crazy. End quote. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. You tell me. You explain to me that. I don't know. Uh, one, okay, okay, let's break that. One, you want your corner to be confident, right? Oh, you want he's to be confident. confident. Yeah. Jair's has never, ever lacked in confidence. Even all the way back at Louisville, that is what stood out about him is he did not care what the score was. He did not care if you just caught three passes for 99 yards each against him. He's going to come back, and he's going to think, hey, I am the dude. I am the man. I'm going to I'm going to make you pay next time. And that's that's good, right? That's you have to be that way. But man, uh it just it seems tone it seems tone deaf this year because they haven't been good, right? Like if if Jair has been locking people down all season and he he gives up a couple like that, sure, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I love Jair, and I hate him at the same time. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about because, Jair for just a second, though. Just one sec. Has he regressed this season? Yeah, he has not played to the level that we expected him. No, I don't think so. And I think so, yes, I think he has regressed. But the cornerback position is so volatile in the NFL that I think Jair is still an upper echelon corner in the NFL. But when you get to that level, there's going to be up and downs. And you know, he's given up some stuff and Sparky, what I, I mean, I have 
this is just me watching. I have no, I have nothing to base this off of. I've not heard anything. But to me, when I watch Jair, it looks like he is 100% out there doing what he wants to do. You know, it looks like he's out there trying to get his picks, trying to get his stats. And that's kind of what comes with it right now. And this is, again, speculation. But what does that have to do with Joe Barry? Is, is that a situation where Jair is just like, hey, listen, I don't trust the calls that are being made. So I'm going to try to put myself into positions to make plays. And today was a microcosm of that. We saw he gave up two, two huge plays to EQ and Nikhil Harry. And then he also made the game-winning interception by kind of freelancing and doing what he does. So that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. And I think we've seen, you know, we've seen it in the past. We've seen him be very assignment sound and do his job and be an all-pro level player. But this year it just seems like he's he's out there rolling around thinking, hey, I don't really think these are good calls that we're making on defense. Um, so maybe let me just go out, get mine, see if I can help the team um, my way. And today, I mean, he did. You know, to his credit, he did. He made the play that needed to be made at the end of the well, game. the play had to be made game. at the end of the game because he put him in that position yeah. for the play that had to be made at the end of the game. I mean, he saved his own tail end. If they lose that football game, yes, you're right. Joe Barry's going to get ripped like always. But that that would have been, for me, that game would have been on Jair had they lost that football game. Yeah, I mean, it's uncharacteristic too, right? Like, we don't see Jair giving up five yards of separation down the field to, I think he called... He called EQ a scrub or something, too. That was the other quote. Did you see that one? He, he, he had bulletin board material on both of those receptions that he gave up. Where yeah, he dear, the, like, quote yeah, is, he, yeah. the quote is, quote, I was like, man, he's a scrub. I can't believe I let him catch that over me, end quote. But hats off to him because he did make a good catch, end quote. So I take it they weren't friends when the EQ was here because uh, they didn't hang out. Probably not. No, probably, probably not. not. I, probably not. I mean, the way the way Jair plays, I bet he practices that way. I probably wouldn't like him very much either because a receiver even in practice. But, uh, I mean, there's it is a weird balance though, Sparky, right? Like you want a little bit of an edge to your defensive players, but you're towing that line. And when you have an edge like that and you give up two, two catches like that, you look pretty dumb. Like that's just kind of what it boils down to. You look silly when you're talking like that and you can't just be like, Hey, yeah, you know, maybe I was, I was gambling a little bit. I think you guys saw that. And I got beat over the top a couple of times. Like, yeah, that, that'll happen. Like that would have been like a much easier and more palatable quote to hear from Jair other than, ah, they suck. I, I just, they're, they got lucky, you know, like I, it's, it is weird. It is weird. Um, and you're right. If they lose that game, we're having a much different conversation right now uh, because uh, you could really look at that and say, hey, they, the two big plays they gave up in that game, two of the three, were because of Jair. The other one, you know, obviously the Justin Fields run where uh, where he makes most of his plays with his feet. And um, that's just kind of the thing. And I think you saw, too, with Justin Fields, the thing about him, the scouting report on him is he is an electric playmaker. No doubt about it. You watch the guy play, you want him on your fantasy football team, and you are just going to watch that score just continue to roll up because that's just how he is. The other thing is he throws a really, really good deep ball. That's, if he's going to be throwing the ball, I mean, it's beautiful. That ball comes out of his hand. He can drop that thing in a bucket 50 yards away, like as good as anyone in the NFL. 
But where he struggles, I think we saw too, with it's, you know, having to play kind of do the nitty gritty stuff of the quarterback position, the, you know, navigate the pocket, keep your eyes on the intermediate part of the field, make good decisions, kind of live to play another down. That's stuff that he still struggles with. And so to not really force him to have to do that is kind of on, you know, that's where we'd be pointing to and saying like, Hey, Jair, like you need to know he can throw it over the top and that's what you need to be preventing. So yeah, um, Jair is, I, I get he's, frustrating to a lot of fans right now just because i feel like yes he has not lived up to the the whatever it was 21 million dollars that he's making this year certainly has not lived up to that but um i I think he's someone that if you get a new voice in that locker room on the defensive side of the ball uh, i think he locks it back in and kind of just does his job Let's talk about uh, one last thing here. Packers get the win, obviously, 28-19. So now they are the new wins leader in NFL history, 787-786 to uh, over the Bears. Everybody's making a big deal about it. I guess maybe uh, I'm not as excited as everybody else is by this thing that goes back 100 years. Uh, Does it mean a ton to you? I mean, like, it's fun. It's fun that they did it over the Bears at their place, but – Really, they, they should have passed them eight weeks ago, and they should have a six-game lead by now if they were playing good fo- good football that we're accustomed to seeing from this team. So, I mean, it's a, it's a cool stat. It's nice. It's fun to still beat the Bears, uh, but it is a little bit more hollow this year just because it's like, hey, we both stink. You just right. stink a little bit more than we do. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just kind of that's just kind of where we're at. Yep. And like, I'm I'm still gonna get my licks in on on Bears fans and, and whatnot, but it's just kind of. It's just we're all just kind of hitting each other, and what what's what's it really matter, you know? But I, I so yeah, I'm with you. I think it's cool. Um, it's great to have that stat, but uh, eh, whatever. And I wish another, they would have had it. I wish they had it five weeks ago. Right, and we're another game away from seeing Jordan Love. I mean, they. I, we, I do this Curtin Long podcast with Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight, and we were looking at the rest of the schedule uh, when we recorded on what was it. Thursday, I guess it was this week. Normally, it's on on Friday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I, I looked at the schedule. I said, "Okay, Miami, Christmas Day. They're probably not winning that game." But outside of that, they can win the other games. Which now means the longer this goes on, the longer you know, or the farther away we get from seeing Jordan Love playing a game. He may only get one game here before they're actually kicked out and not eligible for the playoffs. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the, that's the other thing. Is like this was fun. It's fun to get a win. It's fun to beat the Bears, but. You know, you're talking about if they lose to the Bears, they're, and I can't believe I'm saying this, and I want people to know, I, 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 don't, I don't root for the Packers to lose. I just, you know, I don't. But if they lose that game, the silver lining is they're flirting with the top five draft pick. Right. Uh, now they're not, and they still have nothing. And now it's, yeah, they still don't really know, I guess, what they have in Jordan Love. Um, but the way the Packers are thinking right now is they're like, hey, we went from a 3% chance to like a 6% chance. Woo-hoo! and. Don't tell me the odds, man. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, I bet, where they're looking at it right now, where it's like, hey, we're not dead. This thing's not done yet. Um, and, you know, the the Rams just put Martin Stafford on IR, and they're pretty bad this year too. So, I, yeah, they could end up winning a few games and kind of hurting their draft stock, but then also not really seeing Jordan Love. I will say this, though, Sparky, with Jordan Love, the biggest issue that they have with him right now is – they need to figure out what they want to do with this fifth-year option. But I think a lot of people don't understand that Jordan Love is is cheap next year. He's still cheap next right. year. He's on his fourth year of his deal. So a lot of this 
you know, maybe maybe they sit down. Maybe they know the maybe they know the deal is, hey, Rogers is going to come back and play one more year, and then we've got Jordan Love on his fifth year contract, which is about twenty million dollars, which is uh, not cheap. But at, for as far as starting NFL quarterbacks go, that's not that expensive either. Um, and that would be his fifth year option. Would be the year. It's like, hey, this is the year we're rolling with him. Um, he's going to be a twenty five or twenty six year old guy. I think probably twenty five. And uh, we're going to see what we got in him. We're going to we're going to pick up the tab for twenty million, uh, and that's when we're really really no. going to find out what we have. In no, him. no, 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 no. That for me now again. If it's me. If he plays and you're like, okay, he's our guy, and I'm with you, Rodgers has to give you some of an answer here. Like, I'm playing one more year, and then I'm done. Or I'm playing two more years, and then I'm done. I'm not trying to pay this dude $20 million. I'd rather give him a five-year extension if I think he's my guy and be like, all right, look, Rodgers here for two years. This is the money you're going to get, more than you're making now, but still not starter money. And then once we get to the first year of you being a starter, then you get average starter money for the next, say, three years after that. I don't want to go into a lame duck year paying the dude $20 million and then be in a spot where if he doesn't agree to what I want, now i got to franchise tag the dude possibly. And I definitely don't want to franchise tag Jordan Love after one year of starting if, if all goes well. I think that's just a horrible situation to be in. I think you're better off just extending him past that and giving him a, a brand new contract ex- extension that's three, four, five years long if you actually do think he's the guy after Rodgers. Yeah, and that's certainly something they could do. That's the other option is like, hey, at some point next year, they could extend him, give him a two-year extension or whatever, you know, spread that out. But the other thing is like, that's what they did with Rodgers. He was a lame duck going into that last year. I think he got his extension like week four when they just were like, okay, (laughs) like, yeah, he's good. Uh, Let's, you know, and that's the other thing is like the first extension Rodgers got was a very team-friendly deal. And that could kind of be something similar that happens with Love. The other thing that we're, you know, we're, Nobody likes Jordan Love more than I do. I, I have been a big fan of his since he was at Utah State. We're still talking about the kid completely different than we have at all in his first three years because of nine passes, Correct. right? Yes. So that, that, is, that is the other thing. And granted, he looked good. He looked great. He, he, it, he, did, he did not look like the same guy he did his first two and a half years here. The ball was screaming off his hand. He was so confident in the pocket. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. It was impressive, but you want to see him do that. Um, and that's the other question. Like, how many games do you need to see of Jordan Love to really have an idea of what you think you have? Four, three, two? I mean, I, I'm thinking two games will probably be what he gets this year. And I don't know. How do you feel about that? I feel fine. I mean, because all you're doing is looking at – Look, how quickly is he, is he making his progressions? Is he ball somewhat accurate of where he's trying to get? Can you see improvement? Clemens had a quote earlier this week uh, talking about how everything is slowing down for him. He's able to get through his progressions quicker. Clemens talks about that he thinks he is going to be a solid starter in the NFL when he finally gets his opportunity. So if LaFleur is on the same wavelength as Tom Clemens, then just get the extension done and let's move forward and he's your guy because – if you don't think he's your guy, then you are going to be in a position, I mean, unless you, you know win the rest of your games, but you're going to be in a position where maybe one of those quarterbacks maybe fall to you if you end up at 12 or 11 or something like that. Uh, and then maybe you can make up your mind whether or not you want to use a draft pick on a quarterback again, which would anger all Packer fans all over again, but that would be something that you probably would have to consider. Yep, and I'm just glad I'm not the one making that decision. I agree. Because they... They have put themselves 
they have put themselves in a very peculiar spot, but it doesn't matter if Jordan, and that's, I think that's the bottom line that I always go to. If Jordan Love is good, if he's a top three to five quarterback in this league, or even just a quarterback you're confident year in and year out can get you to a Super Bowl and win it, because that's ultimately what you absolutely have to have in the NFL. If that is what happens, none of this matters. Yeah, right? It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, it, it doesn't matter that you had to go through a year of just cap pain because you're paying two quarterbacks a crap ton of money. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if Jordan Love is good. If he's bad, if they do that and Jordan Love is bad, I mean, we're probably talking about guys losing their jobs. And that's probably rightfully so. But that's, that's the name of the game in the NFL. When you put your name next to a quarterback and you make sacrifices for him and he turns out to be bad, then you get fired. When he turns out to be good, you get a statue. Like that's just that's kind of that's how it goes. That's so true. Jacob Morley, my friend, Matt, thanks for coming on. Always have fun talking. You follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. He is of the Pack Report, and of course, comes on from time to time on the Pack a Day podcast. With Andy Herman and crew as well. Jacob, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks, Sparky. Talk to you next time. You bet you take care. There he is, Jacob Morley, here on the 55 past the hour Milwaukee Sports timeout on a uh, Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Monday at 1250 a.m. The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.